It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast.gmail.com is the email address. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in on YouTube. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube channel. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. On this morning's show, we're going to talk men's 400. Of course, we'll talk about the 4 by one heats that are generating a lot of conversation. Those 1,500-meter semis. U.S. women get gold in the pole vault. Gordon, how are you doing? Not doing good. I'll be honest. Not doing good. I'm losing a lot of money, <laughs> but it's okay. I told myself it's okay for this to happen. It's okay. I planned for it, but I did not plan to go on a big Ofer streak. I did not plan for Team USA to not qualify for the final in the four by four. I didn't plan for South Africa. Four by one. Be careful. Yeah, Don't the four, them out excuse, of the four excuse me. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you never know with this the way it's going. Who knows? The without uh, the four by one. I didn't plan for even like South Africa, who had Akini Simbani and Sean Masaganwa and and like a legit team. They they DNF'd. Mm-hmm. So much happening, and I ultimately didn't plan for Grant Holloway <laughs> to not win. Like that's the most crazy thing. The guy's been undefeated. He's been on the verge of breaking a world record. And he wins. He loses the only race that matters most. It's just wild what's happening. Uh, as an American, it's uh, you know, it's like damn, you can't get any worse. You just get, hit us while we're down. It's a track fan. It's, it's wild. It's fun. You, this is this is why we have championships. Is don't just give the gold medal to the top time of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was. It's been a hard day for a lot of. Uh, usa sprinting fans and uh mm-hmm. especially for the usa sprinters themselves trayvon vomel is getting tweeted tweeted at by the storm carl lewis has his hot takes it's, it's wild we'll get all into it but mm-hmm. um i'll just say <laughs> I, I i in a matter of like 15 minutes 
I lost like 650 bucks. It's, it's wild because, dude, what's going on? I don't I, I don't told you to quit. Anymore. You were up $800. I said quit a few days ago and just pretend like you're placing the bets. Don't actually continue to do it. You have to walk away from the table. What's going on? That's a good question. That's what everybody's trying to figure out because it feels like this. it's like rolling downhill. It's like now you're like expecting yeah. – the bad performances. And when I talk about it, I'm talking about mostly from the perspective of, you know, on the men's side, because now it looks like there's not going to be an individual gold medal. And particularly on the sprint hurdle side, we're coming into the year, we thought 100, 200, 400, both hurdle events, there's good chances for gold, some more than others, and then both relays. And all that's left now for the U.S. men is the four by four. And the reason they didn't get gold in those events, it's different in every single event, which is where this becomes problematic because you want to say, raise your hand and say, I have the the solution or here's what's going wrong. And you want to look at it as this, this big, there's an issue with the team. But track other than relays is not a team sport. It's a series of individuals that, that come together and run in races. So every single one of these events has different issues behind it. And I went back and, and looked here, Gordon, because I was just curious. I was like, that's a, like, that's, it's ne- in the Olympics, it's never happened. The US men have always, when they've competed, they've always got at least one gold medal in a running event, right? And, and one, two, four, obviously high hurdles, low hurdles, that's been the, the strength. But you go back and you look at 2014, or sorry, 2019, they got four which is why I think everybody's like, oh, okay, they could potentially pull off the sweep here. Norman will be better. Lyles will be fine. Hunter will be taken care of. Uh, Benjamin could maybe upset Samba. Holloway will return and get another gold. But then you go back to 2017. They only got one. Then you go back to 2016, and you got just two. And that was Centro with a big upset and Karan Clement, who won by a couple hundreds. And then you go to 2012, and it's only one only one so there's been small margins over the past couple olympics and world championships it's not like consistently they were getting four and five now these are individual events too i'm not including the relays in that count so this time the u.s unless they get it in the 15 or the five it's going to be a zero but the number was never that big to begin with so a couple bad breaks a couple of other issues that happen to the u.s team and you could see why okay all of a sudden we go from two down to zero or one down to zero you mentioned relays. Let's talk about relays. Let's talk about the men's four by one. Team USA, they run a time that would have been third in the NCAA in 2019. A team that would have lost to junior year Grant Holloway. They put up a lineup that was three fourths legitimate. You know, you got Trayvon Bromel, Fred Curley in the lineup, Brownie Baker, Craven Gillespie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this happened. I mean, I know how it happened, but I also don't know how it happened. It is incredible that a te- team with the Olympic current Olympic silver medals, current Olympic fourth place finisher, a uh, sub-10 runner, and a man who was the fastest in the world runners. all season long. Yeah. Two sub- yeah. And a man who's the fastest runner in the world all the way up until the Olympics started, you know, yeah. in Trayvon Brumel. And that yeah, team loses yeah. to Ghana. No offense to Ghana, but like a 977 guy, a 9, 
eight guy, two nine eight guys and a nine nine guy should not be losing to Ghana. Mm-hmm. And they're losing because they're not practicing. They're not they're not taking it seriously enough. And we we're seeing track Twitter kind of react wildly. We'll put up different tweets as we talk about this. Leroy Burrell, I have no words. Carl Lewis had his um his take, which was went pretty <laughs> which, viral. Look which, at that. Yeah, that was all over he, the place. Carl Lewis was trending on Twitter. He said the USA team did everything wrong in the men's relay. The passing system was wrong, athletes running the wrong legs, and it was clear that there was no leadership. It was a total embarrassment and completely unacceptable for a USA team to look worse than the AAU kids I saw. It's good that Carl Lewis is watching the AAU Junior Olympics, which is live on Flow Track. Little plug right there. But it is just wild. He is just dunking on Team USA. And it's embarrassing. And obviously, these athletes are human, right? And, like, mistakes happen, right? It's okay to – mistakes happen, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're making the same mistakes over and over again – you know, it's like the definition of insanity. And USATF keeps making the same mistakes. And maybe we hid behind the 2019 win to kind of mm-hmm. cover up what happened. And Fred Curley tweeted out, put that one on me. Mm-hmm. And it it is because they had the, the worst exchange. It was between Curley and, and Ronnie Baker. They just mm-hmm. didn't have it down. And I have a thought. I'll let you talk first. But I have a thought of why... The actual, actual reason why Team USA, year in and year out, fails in the 4 by one And I'll save that for what your thoughts are on what is going on with the men's 4 by one Let's just do a little historical perspective because before we – you can't really blame any one athlete when this has been a trend. And they did the montage before that race last night. And they showed all the issues from 16 and going back, back, back. And then, you know, 2000, they win gold. So I looked at the 15 World Championship or Olympic 4x1s between the last time they won an Olympic gold. Now, they won World Championship gold uh, since then. But in those 15, Gordon, you got three golds. You got three silvers. That's six. You have one DQ after the fact for doping. So I'm going to – I'll just put that aside because that's not really having anything to do with getting the baton around. And then you have eight either DNF, DQs, or did not qualify to the final like last night. Eight. Now, you could look back at Daegu, and there was that collision with Great Britain. Okay, you want to say that's not U.S.'s fault? I'll listen to that argument. So, it's, But it's about 50% of the time. It's, it's not just getting beat. It's not even finishing the race. Because we're not talking about silver. We're not talking about bronze. Again, silver against a Bolt, Powell, Blake team during their prime. There's nothing to be ashamed in that. But I'm just talking about finishing the race here. And it's about a 50% success rate or a bit lower. You're right. 2019 was good. They got gold. 2017 was silver. But you go farther back, there's a whole list of DQs, DNFs. Um, This one was new because it was it did not qualify. They actually crossed the line. but but didn't qualify, although the handoffs were were bad. That that exchange that you mentioned, the one from Curly to Baker, was bad. 
I'll give my just hypothesis on this on this group, Gordon, and what I thought the issue was, and then you can go in with your your larger opinion here. I think they needed to pick a lane, and the lane either needed to be we're gonna in in the prelims and carry to the final. We're either gonna run a team that has really good handoffs that's been practicing, and we talked about this in the in the run up, right? Like, just have four, five, six, and seven be your relay pool, and have them run a bunch of practice meets in between the trials and the Olympics, right? Either do that or make sure you have your four fastest guys out there in both the prelims and the finals. So that way, if you do have an issue, it can be covered up a little bit by having the fastest guys. Now, this would not have solved the problem for the whole history of the US 4 by one I'm not saying that would have cured the ills of some of these other issues because there's been issues mostly in the, in the finals here. Um, but for, for in, in terms of yesterday, I think if you have Kenny Bednarik, who was fourth in the open hundred at the trials and was just coming off an Olympic silver, I think he's one of your four fastest guys. I think you have to put him on there because even as bad as the exchanges were, the U.S. was still in the mix to, to qualify. And on those anchor legs, you're going, DeGrasse was good, yes. But I looked this up. China's anchor leg, 10.11 PB. Italy's anchor leg, 9.99 PB. Germany's anchor leg, 10.2 PB. Ghana's anchor leg, 10.01. They had enough talent within the entire U.S. team to, to get it done, and they didn't. So I think for this year, they needed to pick one of those two lanes. I think they got stuck in the middle, and that was the issue. Bad handoff and then not enough not enough top-end speed to cover up for it. So I give you my overarching uh, thoughts of reasons why this is happening that I think kind of doesn't get talked about because it's kind of a weird – you kind of somewhat mentioned it, but not really. You want to hear it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I do want to hear it. it. So this, we've been waiting. Okay, here we go. We've been waiting. To we, hear we're this. in this podcast. So there's something unique about Team USA when it comes to the men's four by one that other international four by ones don't have to handle. The reason why a lot of, some countries are able to do well in the four by one is because a majority of their relay aren't don't have athletes who have individual aspirations. A lot of the countries have their one guy or maybe two, but mostly just a one guy who's like, this is our guy who can maybe win Olympic gold, silver, bronze individually at the hundred. And then we have everyone else. Well, that is uh, just on the four by one. And what yeah, that yeah. means is you'll have a country where 25% of the relay is focused on an individual goal and then later on in the event of a uh, team goal and 75% of the team that three other legs are only there for the relay, right? Yeah. That's what they're mainly yeah, yeah. focused on. U.S. is different. Every year, USA, 75% of their relay are not thinking about relay at all the entire time they're there until they're done with their individual stuff. Whereas a lot of other countries... Most likely 57% of the relay, that's all they're thinking about the entire time. So while mm -hmm. Curly, Baker, and um, Bromel are only focused on how do I win Olympic gold in, in their individual events, boom, boom, boom. Meanwhile, another country like China or Ghana, their majority of their teams aren't thinking about individual stuff. They're thinking, all right, let's let's make a final in the 4 by one Let's make a let's, – let's win the 4 by one Let's do well in the 4 by one 4 by one 4 by one 4 by one USA doesn't do that. And it's because we 
USA is a unique country where they constantly have more than one athlete in the running for individual goals. And I think that's why they don't care. They don't look, they don't think about the four by one and the four by one is really only successful when a majority of the legs are entirely focused on that from day one to the day of the race. And you see that in the NCAA, right? Cause you have a team, maybe they have one guy who has the aspiration, like, you know, uh, like Houston, right? They had one guy like uh, Mario Burke who's trying to win an individual or like uh, Cameron Burrell, right? He was trying to win an individual goal, but there are two to three other guys on their relay weren't thinking about that. They were just only thinking about the relay. I'm here for the relay. I'm here for the relay. USA isn't doing that because relay is Counterpoint. Icing. It's not the goal. Counterpoint, Jamaica. Okay, no. All right. No, no. All right. Counter counterpoint. They have they had one guy who was focused on individual. You cannot say Jamaica. Bolt, Powell, Blake. They had three absolute superstars on their team. Basically. Yeah. Okay, there's the always gonna be one outlier. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be one outlier where they can figure like a, a I'm not saying it's impossible for a they team with three unique individuals who they can not got it done. But you cannot say every year Jamaica was constantly having three people all in on uh the individual where they were like, Hey, we have three people who can run nine eight. They they had like their a big moment with the, the Yeah, power. that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Bolt era. I'm talking about from 08 through to sixteen. Okay. When they had, okay, when 16, they were they, consistent, sixteen they won. 16, the only, the only gold medal they don't 16, have from though, there was something that was retroactively taken from them with a with with a doping positive. I'm talking about they never had any baton issues during that in that era, and they had three absolute superstars on their team, and they had obviously a fourth guy who, like every other nation, you can't get four individuals into the into the final, so you're not going to have that guy. But look, I think that goes back to my other point though. It's like. They made of they might have made mistakes with 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 handoffs, but we never noticed it because they at least kept it around and they got it to Bolt, or they got it to Blake, and they took care of business, right? I think I remember reading something like a couple a couple years ago where we did like they asked I think it was Blake or Powell like hey how much do you guys practice handoffs because is that the issue with Team USA? Someone was trying to get to the bottom of Team USA's issues. And it wasn't like they were going to these long, intensive relay camps either. So there's something else there. I get it when you're talking about non, like other teams, teams like China who won that heat, China, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. But there's still like another, ex a clear example out there of some country who's able to get it done. At the, I don't know. I feel like at this point, it's just like pre like pressure is playing a, a role here too. Like, th like they're trying so hard not to mess it up that it gets messed up. Yeah, I just I think the whole like I'm also not just looking to limp like you gotta include global championships to kind of get the totality. I am. They won them teams. all. They won 09, 11, No, they 13, won them all. 15. But I don't I don't think th during the Jamaican run it was constant. Jamaica's third best runner was thinking I'm gonna win a global medal every year. I mean they're gonna think it, but they weren't like they didn't wake up every day like. Do you know what I mean? I mean like they teams. Have, when you have when it, it's like okay, it's like uh when they had, 
They had like, deep teams. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Well, but like I if think LeBron Jamaica- James is on your team, like you're you're not thinking like how do I win uh, NBA MVP? You think about how do I do everything I can because I'm on a team that has LeBron James that can win an NBA title. And I think that's what Jamaica had is we have the same bolt. Like sure we can try to have a 30 point game here and there, but at the end of the day, we know the best way we win is if like. Usain Bolt is the star. Like, true, but we, they were making their those were deep teams. They they were teams where they had multiple guys, nine ninety or below. They had they were putting multiple guys in the final before, like I said, before Blake came along. Like it was, it was Asafa Powell, right? It was guys like Michael Freider who was solid in there for a bunch of years. It was. Mikhail Ashmead, like they had, they always had guys, and I get that, like what you're saying, like oh, they weren't gold medal threats, so they weren't 100 focused on the individual event. But I think anybody who's running in the individual event is going to be focused on the individual event because try telling someone who made the Olympic, like made the Olympics in the hundred, it's like no, 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 focus on the relay. I, I think okay, the only no. people who are 100 focused on the relay are the people who don't who don't make it at all. But is it is it about just more reps? Is it about getting the right personnel and the right legs? Like I'm interested to know. Like when Carl Lewis puts that tweet out, he listed about six things that that were issues. And I'm I'm curious in drilling down on that because right now it's about a 50% success rate. So he said, passing system's wrong, athletes running the wrong legs, uh, no leadership. Um, so he, he's listing a number of things and not all those are just practice. A lot of those are just like how the team is is set up and built. Let's go on a little pushback a little more, but like going into this Olympics, three Ev- Baker, Bromel, and Curly all thought I am going their 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 path to gold was through the hundred meter dash. None of them were thinking our path to gold is by winning the four by one. And I, I think know, but during what the I'm Jamaica, saying is okay, during so, the Jamaica so- era, when when the the second to third best Jamaicans, they weren't thinking my path to gold is an individual event. They knew my path to medal is in an individual event, but my path to gold is a four by one. So if I want to call myself an Olympic champion, I need to make sure we get the four by one, right? Curly, I think Curly, Bromel and Baker, they're in the, like the subconscious in order to be an Olympic champion. I hear what I you're saying, but what's, the, but what's the upshot of that? You're saying that these other successful, like another, a team like Jamaica just practiced more because they didn't think that they were 100 meter gold medalists and the US practiced less because they thought they were all 100 meter gold medalists is like what's the outcome of what you're saying i guess is what what i'm confused on uh the the mentality and the focus is different like if like a month out if you're on team jamaica if you if it's 2012 who is uh, who was on the 2012 Jamaican team? Uh, 2012 Jamaican not- team was I got it right here. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, actually, I don't. I mean, that was Bolt. That was Powell. That was probably Nesta Carter. Okay, say you're Nesta Carter, or and or the other guy, not Powell. Well, let me look at Maybe it. Hold Blake up. Blake was on. Uh, it? Carter, Freighter, Blake, Bolt, Kamar, Bailey, Cole. Sorry, Powell was not on. You talking about 2012? 2012. Asafa, yeah, yeah. Asafa Powell wasn't on it. So. Bolt, okay, Blake, Carter and Blake. Carter. Say you're Carter yeah. and Blake. Going in a month out from 2012, 
And let's just assume they hadn't won an Olympic gold yet, whatever, just for the purpose. Going in 2012, Carter and Blake, do they think when they say, how do I become an Olympic champion? Is their mindset, I win the 100-meter dash and beat Usain Bolt? Or is their mind saying, I get the job done and we freaking win the 4 by one because I'll be an Olympic champion? I think Well, Blake a majority won the gold of the- medal the year before in the 100. Yeah, because of a false start. Sorry. Come on. I, well, I know, but he he ran nine like nine seven. He was more yeah. qualified to think of himself as a gold medal threat than than people this year. I would say, like, okay, again, maybe maybe not Blake, but, but I don't like, think this is, Carter though. Like, there's always that one who's going to be closer. But what you're basically saying is you're basically saying is they practice more, right? For whatever reason, people can argue about why they practice more, but you're basically saying they practice more. And I'm saying, and four by um, one, we don't four by one. We don't was first on the list over winning individual gold, right? And I, I don't, just think in the priority list, it was for Curly, Bromel, and Baker, 100 meters, and it was in big font. And then, oh yeah, and four by one. Okay, I'll get to that after. And I think a lot of other countries, it was four by one big font. Oh yeah, see if I can do well in the 100. Okay. All right. Anyway, we'll see. We'll move on. I I just think they're an outlier here, right? They have this 50%-ish success rate. So I don't think, like, you got to look at what the U.S. Um, could do better here or, or what the issue is. And I don't know if, if we could just pin it on, onto one thing. Again, I'm at the point now where I just think you you settle on you settle on a couple people and and, and stick with them. Because um, even if they got through, then you're going to sub, like, new people in for the final. And then it's just a, a wild ride there as well. Let's talk about uh, the finals. So we got the men's high hurdles and the men's 400. Let's start here with, with the high hurdles. Upset there, Hansel Parchment of Jamaica catches Grant Holloway at the end. Holloway loses his first race of the year. Parchment goes 13.04 to Holloway's 13.09. Ronald Levy, 13.10, very tight there. And Devin Allen, fourth and 13.14, so a good race for her, just just a, a note. Remember, Holloway twelve eighty one at the U.S. Trials, but thirteen oh two actually in the in the first round here, and then runs thirteen oh nine in the final. Undefeated season up until this point. I had mentioned before Holloway's always been his best when the lights are the brightest. But so those last two hurdles, it looked like he was going to pull away, Gordon, and then slowed the field came back to him, and and Parchment was able to to get it done. Yeah, I seeing Grant Holloway have a run like that is just seems like weird. It seems like you're you're dreaming because he's been able to handle pressure of through the whole NCA system, winning six straight NCA titles. He's been able to handle the pressure of needing to prove it on the international stage in 2019. Mm-hmm. So you would think the this race would just be like any other race, and for Right. Like you said, the first 70 to 75% of it, it was. And then something happened. And it's kind of hard to dissect it. It's it's kind of hard to figure out why someone of Grant Holloway's talent and caliber would fall apart that late in the race, you know, when he hasn't really been doing that ever. There, like, mm-hmm. a lot of times when this happens, when this upsets – you always can find like a tea leaf from the regular season somewhere and be like, oh, okay, that's where, that's why. Like you could figure out a way to kind of justify it 
or you could figure out a way to justify the winner was like, oh, he was coming on strong. Everyone was yeah. sleeping on this athlete. There was no like data point out there. I mean, he was heavily favored. He's like minus a thousand. So someone made a lot of money if they bet against him. And it just it just didn't work. Well, no. You're right. The only indication, and it seems weird to look that much into this, would have been the semi. Because that 1302 in the opening round was amazing. Like he he looked like he had that pop, looked like how he was running in the trials. And then he still won his heat in that semifinal, but it looked like he was he was going all out and he didn't have that same level of separation and runs 13-13 in the semi. And he did that uh, and then has to come back and run the, the, the morning final. But still, but still, a, a, 13, a 13 low would have got the job done uh, and, and he didn't have it. It reminded me a bit, do you remember when Daniel Roberts had his number? in uh before before um grant was able to reverse it at ncaa's and Dan, and and he just he like didn't have that same it's almost like when holly's running well it feels like he just has an extra turbo boost like he gets off of that good start but then there's this big big other boost at hurdle five and it just c carries him the rest of the way and it reminded me of that that 2019 season when he had those those defeats but yeah, it was uh, it was surprising, and then it come it came right after the four by one. So if you were looking at it from a U.S. perspective, it was it was just kind of again like the momentum was not in in the Americans' favor at that point because Holloway, pretty big favorite, maybe not at the beginning of the year because you want to see how he comes off after that twelve or after the the Doha gold, but then what he does all year, what he does at the trials, okay. This one, this one's pretty solid, but I mean, the hurdles are unpredictable historically. And even someone as great as Holloway can have, have a bad race and like parchment had had a great race on that day. So I was, I was surprised by this one, but it just, it sort of fit the whole theme of, of these championships. Oh, this is cool. This New York times simulation here. So you see Holloway getting off to a great start as per usual. And then it's these last, yeah, these those last two. And he had a, he was close for like I almost thought he got bronze, Gordon, when I first saw it. Yeah, he had a dip I mean, there. I did too. He, he had a dip. I mean, 0.01 over Levy. So I'm rewatching. <sighs> it's cool to be able to watch the race kind of again without having it be like an IOC media rights violation. <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost like you were there watching it, right? They got the movement. Yeah. It feels like it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get banned from Instagram like Elaine Thompson no. did. Yeah, that's um, funny. <laughs> all right, let's let's talk about. I mean, and credit to Hansel Parchment too. <laughs> Look, he he barely got on the Jamaican team, got that third and final spot, and if Omar McLeod ran how he has run in the past, he wouldn't have been on it. And then he gets second in the heat, second in the final, and then first in the the Olympic final. I see the ta uh, the tweet there from from John Mulkeen. So he he timed it perfectly. Versus you could put up Holloway's, and it's first, 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 second. <laughs> it's just weird. Right, <laughs> regular season versus versus postseason. Let's jump into this 
let's jump into this 400 and then we'll do the, we'll talk about the men's 1500 meter semis and then the field events and the multis. Given what we, you know, US didn't medal. Everybody's surprised by that. But given the semis, were you surprised that it, the order went Gardner, Zambrano, James? No, I, I after the semis, it was these this three and Garner a heavy favorite. Um, I thought Sherry could have a chance to break it up, and he almost did. Mm-hmm. I put money on it, and it didn't work. Uh, but Norman just wasn't showing a, like a dominant, like I'm ready to put down a fast 43-second race in a final. It just didn't look that way. So the end result, the final result going after the semis mm-hmm. is basically chalk in a, in a way, right? Gardner's and Brano James with the, the two Americans kind of just being broken up, behind, just falling right behind. But mm-hmm. result was very expected. Norman tried to make it a race early by going out extremely hard. And then on the second 200, Gardner kind of slowly mm-hmm. reeled him back in, kind of was smooth and collective, calm calm and collective, excuse me. And then eventually once they got to that final 100, Gardner was just clearly able to handle the the not just the pressure, but you know the the lactic acid buildup of this event, right? It's all about having the best form in the final 50, 75 meters because what you're doing to your body is not normal. And so you have to be able to see how your body reacts to the unnormal pain you put it through in the first 350. And mm-hmm. he was just on and, hey, back to back from 2019 to 2021. Mm-hmm. I like saying back to – I like uh, including global championships, not being like, oh, back to back, 2016 to 2021. No. Back to back is That's 2019 a- to 2021. 2016 is a long time ago. That's a long, exactly. long time ago now. I think Zambrano, I talked about it in the run-up. Hey, he's been he's been solid all year. He's a silver medalist. Why are we why are we sleeping on him? But if you had said, <clears throat> excuse me, if you had said at the beginning of the year that the winning time was gonna be, you know, 43 high, I obviously would have thought Norman would have been in the mix or perhaps been the one winning it. And I was really surprised. I mean, credit to Karani James, 2012 gold medalist, 2016 silver to Wade Van Niekerk in that historic race. And then in 2019 in Doha, ma- made the final, but that was just a success to, to make the final and now gets a bronze. So he's got all three medals. I just, that part I did not, I didn't. I did not see coming. I didn't see the the reemergence of James, and obviously, I didn't think Norman would finish out of the medals here. Credit to Michael Cherry, though. I mean, the guy ran a PB in the final at the Olympics. That's all. That's all you can ask for there. And he's been solid all year. The conversation is not centered around him because there's some real big names in this event with a lot of medals and a lot of fast times. And Cherry got the most out of his his Olympic experience and you go back to the, to the trials um, just, you know, cranking out consistent 44 lows now, but yeah, I guess, I mean, the story is going to be just still down to the U S not getting a, a medal in the, in the 400, because it's an event that's, that's pretty solid. The good news for the U S this is one of the rare events where they get a chance at redemption. 
and they could actually come through. Like you could, so Norman didn't run the 400 meter uh, final in Doha, got hurt. And so he didn't run the four by four either. So US could run Norman now, they could run Cherry, they could insert Rye Benjamin and have a chance to end the end the Olympics on a on a positive note. If the US does not win the four by four, then there's something really strange going on. Then I will just throw my hands up and then I'll be then I'll be confused. Then I'll probably start agreeing with your opinions. That's how disoriented I'll be. Who would you give the fourth spot to? That's a great question. Well, we talked about going in. We talked about more about the women's 4 by 4 than the men's. I guess you could bring Randolph Ross back. You got that deep pool of people that you could you could put in there. I mean. You know what I'm going to ask? Any chance you do a Fred Curley or a Grant Holloway? No on Holloway. Curley's interesting. Curley's interesting. I don't. He's available now. <laughs> I mean, he's run. He's what run 44, 44 mid this year. Yeah, he's available. <laughs> I mean, go for it. I don't know. I don't know at this point. They should be it with Nor <laughs> with with Norman Cherry and Benjamin. They should be able to win, right? That should be pretty clear. They should I mean, be able we've been saying they should win with everyone. I know for every single with, for every single with event. Romel, right? Baker, and Curley, yeah. they should at least win with Lyles, Ben Narek, and Knight, and they should win. Norman yeah. and yeah, yeah. Cherry, they should win with Grant Holloway. They should win with this. They should win with, and they're not winning. <laughs> I do think this is setting up for big uh, revenge. Uh, championship performances from all the Americans in 2022 on the home track. Uh, already predicting it now. Take over. It's going to 50 medals in 2022. Double, double down. Happening. Double down. Double yeah, down. It's, again, it's it's hard to figure it out uh, precisely the issues here because I think it's different with every with every person. But if you look at just, okay, who, who should you put on the team who's been having a good Olympics? Fred Curley's had a good Olympics. The handoff didn't go right, but his speed was there. He ran a hell of a second leg. The handoff didn't work, but you're not going to need to do a handoff like that in the four by one. So if you just want to fill it with guys who have been been successful, he's your pick. But I mean, again, they have a they have a big list of people. I guess what they'll what they'll <laughs> probably do is you'll hold you'll hold three spots for the three that I mentioned. And then you'll probably take the person who looks the best out of that prelim group is what I would think you would do. U.S. women ran the four by four prelim today, and they they got through. They ran Ellis and Wadlin Jonathan and Lena Irby uh, anchored. So they they put a good team out there, but we're assuming they're going to put um, Muhammad McLaughlin and then the, the open four meter runners in there as well for the final. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think obviously they have enough talent. There'll be good teams in there that, that can challenge them. So they can't completely lay an egg. But what do you think Ryan Benjamin's ready to split right now? Ungodly. We, we just, we need something, man. We, you know, the, the meme of Steve Nash hugging Kevin Durant, right? Being like, thank you for like saving my Brooklyn Nets team in one of these games. We need someone to save Team USA. We just need a moment 
It's been so much bad, so much negativity. We just need something good. Uh, we don't know where it's coming from. We're having a little bit of it with, you know, Ryan Krauser and Ashapa. Uh, yeah. We had Nago in the, the pole vault. We'll talk about that. But, man, this is not good. This is not good. Let's talk about Krauser. Let's talk about Krauser. I said going in, I, I was – you kind of talked me out of him being a, a lock at the beginning of the year, which is how I stumbled on my, my pick that I stumbled. But <laughs> Krauser, he wins the competition on the first throw. And then his series was sick, 2283, 2293, 2286, 2274, 2254. And then he doesn't need a 23-meter throw, but he does it. Run Throws the second best throw of all time with the 2330 in the last round. Breaks the Olympic record. Kovac second. Walsh third. This was the exact same podium in the exact same order from 2016. I saw out there that that's never happened before. So, hey, there was one predictable competition here at these Olympics and the Americans did well in it. Yeah. It, it felt weird watching it. I was like, well, something's going to happen, right? There's going to be a, a fouls or they just don't have it. I mean, I thought maybe Kovacs was going to be that guy because he didn't throw as well in the prelims, but then his first throw was over 21 meters. Mm-hmm. There was a moment though, when Kovacs was creeping up on Krauser, there was a point when after the fourth throw where mm-hmm. Kovacs was only like, 30 centimeters behind Krauser. Yeah. Now looking back on it, Krauser clearly had more in him because he throws 23 meters in the final throw. But there was a moment when Krauser was, I mean, Kovacs was throwing over 22 mid mm-hmm. consistently. And you thought maybe something happens. He throws a 22 nine and then all the pressures on Krauser in the final throw, but that didn't happen. Krauser's deserved the win. He's been having a, a hell of a year. And, uh, that's who we should have all put our, bet our house on since day one. Not any of the USA sprinters, Holloway, not Lyles. What are we doing? It should have been Krause you know the whole time. I, I agree with you that Kovacs was was great and he kept it close, which is impressive to do against Krauser. But Krauser, you know what he had in his back pocket the entire time? Well, a cowboy hat, but he what? also had a 23-meter throw. I just Can you imagine how far he would he would throw if there was more of a challenge? What if Kovacs in the opening round put a 23 out there or a, a 22.95? Just imagine Krauser's reaction over the next set of throws. So U.S. goes 1-2 there. Walsh with the bronze. Women's pole vault. This competition was interesting. I really dug in on this one, Gordon. This one was exciting. So you have nine women go out at 4 meters 70. So there was a whole bunch of people in it one moment. And a whole bunch of people out of it the next moment. It went down. It went from over 10 down to four like that. Now, before 470, there was some drama because uh, Katie Najat needed a third attempt clearance to get off the opening height of 450. So she was almost out of the competition. But she clears 470, and she joins Sidorova, Bradshaw, and Stefaniti. Um, but because of her previous misses, she was not in the gold medal position until she does a clutch 490 clearance. Bradshaw can't match it. Sidorova passes, tries to go at 495 to vault for the gold. She misses there after two previous misses at 490. And just like that, it was over. Yeah. It was, I, I was happy that uh, USA won because I had money on that. I'm now searching for scraps. I know I keep on bringing up my money gambling 
but uh, yeah. it's not looking good right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was like you said, it was a wild uh, event where you think, ah, oh, we have a 12, a 13, or 14 person final. Slowly but surely, we chip people off, but all of a sudden it's like, all right, one of you will, won't get the medal because we're down to four right away. And it's just because then like that pressure aspect kind of goes away because you're like you know like you have a medal or a really good shot at a medal and it just kind of it changes right because it's all about you know changing your you skipping jumps because you want to make sure you get in the medal but when it already cut down to four you're like all right i just gotta get to the next and i'll, I'll be ready to go and big ups to katie winning gold usa is really good in this pole vault like the same way they're really good in the men's shot put. You saw, you know, Jen Sir, Sandy Morris, and now Katie. It's, yeah. the, it just keeps going. I'm excited for the future of Team USA in the pole vault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 U.S. women in particular have. have I mean the the arrows aren't out for them in the same way they are for on the men's on the men's side there i guess i'm looking at this now is it is it updated the u.s with five five golds currently so still off the pace they're at 20 medals total they're not going to get to the i projected 30 plus i mean they're not going to get they're not going to get to that um high 20s would be would be solid at this point for that would be that would represent a a, a good couple days because you got you don't have much left, actually, at all, really, right? You can ma- yeah. maybe get a couple with the with the four by four. You have um, some field events left. Maybe they sweep the marathon. Maybe Obdi just goes off. You know, <laughs> it's always a chance. Dick Riley coming in in second. Yeah. Well, the, so then you got the the triple jump where the U.S. was in in medal position until the very end with Will Clay. He finishes fourth. Uh, Pachardo gets gold, Zhu of China in second, and then Zango, who broke the indoor world record this year. I thought he might contend for the win, but he gets up and gets bronze. Um, but as I mentioned, yeah, Clay, Clay fourth. Scott also made the final for the U.S., but uh, was farther down the results. Um, Clay's always solid. Right, like that's his. That's his. Like we 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 talked about it in the in the previews. Four silvers, three bronzes, throughout his career. So to see him off the podium is a strange sight. Still a solid solid effort for him. I mean, just a, a near miss there for him. Um, misses it by three centimeters. Zango got him by three centimeters there. And uh, Pichardo though, seventeen seventeen ninety eight for the win. Yeah, national record, almost breaking that eighteen meter barrier, and it was from the start. I mean, he he goes seventeen after the first jump. You knew, like, all right, it's over. It's to see yeah. this guy's gonna win. No one was really jumping the way he was. He only did the three jumps and a foul, and then he was he then it was over. He knew it, it was done. Um, you got to wonder what it would be like if Christian Taylor was in this mix. If the mm-hmm. final result took a seventeen ninety eight. To win, would Christian Taylor have been able to break 18? We'll never know. Uh, but big outs to Pachardo. Pachardo and Zango have been like the clear two punch, and they get a job done here by both getting a medal with the China athlete kind of breaking it up. Um, yeah, Will Clay, so close. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like Will Clay's been around for forever. When's, when was mm-hmm. Will Clay's first, first well, like, I just, global championship? I just, maybe 2011, wasn't it? Wasn't that his first medal? And him and him and Taylor put on a show? I think I'm remembering that correctly. No, 20 – oh, yeah, 2011. 2011 bronze in Daegu. Yeah, 10 years. And that's the thing. Like these 10-year careers where you're a medal contender for 10 years – are phenomenal in and of themselves. Even if yeah. you don't get gold, just to be that good in that of, in any event for that long is impressive. Someone mentioned in the chat that's the first medal for Burkina Faso for for Zango. So congrats to him. Congrats to Burkina Faso. Uh let's go to what's left here. We have the fifteen hundred meter heats, but also the the multis. Do you want to run through the multis that just wrapped? Uh, yeah, we'll talk about the multis and then end with the 1500s. Uh, we saw an Olympic record on the men's side, the decathlon, uh, Damian Warner, 9,018 Olympic record breaks 9,000 gets it done. Wins by almost over 300 points over Kevin Mayer. Ashley Maloney takes third and taken fourth was the person I bet money on Garrett Scantling who, uh, mm-hmm. finished just about 40 ish points back from third so america goes four six ten and we have a a podium of canada france and australia but it was all about damien maloney Warner. break it nine thousand maloney points. was imp- Every time maloney was impressive it, yeah impressive. well yeah and warner we talked about longevity in the sport warner had never this is his first global gold and he had three bronzes and a silver outdoors so i'd been close so many times he had to compete against some icons of of the decathlon when you're talking about eaton when you're talking about kevin mayer the world record holder and man talk about doing it in style there's something special about seeing the decathlon score start with a nine that makes you think oh wow this is like this is this is a good one anybody can understand that nine thousand because now the nine thousand club is mayer eaton severly and Warner, just four guys in there. Yeah, and he had to earn it because he – I was watching the 1500 actually live while we're doing the podcast, and I was half listening to you, half watching the 1500. And uh, <laughs> he kind of went out conservative, but he had like a blistering kick in the final like 200 meters to like make up all that time to run that 431, 1500. Mm-hmm. It's always wild watching a decathlon 1500 because they're like just these big heavy set guys. Not heavy set, but like bulky – Guys, just mm-hmm. jogging through a 1500. Meanwhile, like literally a few hours earlier, you saw like these tiny dudes running the 1500. It's kind of funny seeing like, oh, that's what that's what like a normal guy looks like, or like a like yeah. the fittest guy in the world, which you could say is a decathlete. When they run a 1500, they look like the rest of us because not everyone is is meant to be like running extremely, yep. you know, efficient. So. It's kind of nice seeing them. It's compare and contrast it to elite distance running to just elite fit people running a 1500. And then the uh, the heptathlon, what was your takeaway from that competition? Uh, there was, you know, a little bit of drama, obviously, early on. Um, Katarina Johnson-Thompson, she had to pull, do a DNF um, in the 200. She got disqualified, but she was hurt, so that's why. Um, she basically fell on the track. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but 
someone tried to help her up. And she injury. said no. Injury. She jogged across an in, in, injury. She jogged across the finish line, so ending her chance at winning Olympic gold. Uh, but the other favorite, um, the Belgian athlete, Nifa Satu Thiem. Did I do that right? Did I say that right? I think it's – man, know. we got correct on this. I, I think it's TM. TM. Go ahead. Well, TM from Belgium. She was the other co-favorite. She wins with the season's best. And then Netherlands goes 2-3. Very impressive. They both set a PB with the person who won, um, Anouk Vetter, setting the national record. And Belgium was fourth. So it went Belgium, Netherlands, Netherlands, Belgium. Europe doing really well here in the women's heptathlon. And then your two Americans, Williams and Kuntz, finishing 5-6. I had money on Williams. Came down. She had a one-point lead going into the final event. She was in third with the one-point lead. And she just didn't have as good as a – 800 as you needed yeah That's i looked lesson, up folks. i looked up train more for the 800 and the 1500 and maybe you can be an olympic medalist i looked at the i looked at the like the pbs going in and it was going to be an uphill battle yeah. so it was it was it was tough tough to to think that she could to factor in there but all right and then these 1500 meter semis for the men this event extremely deep and they ran incredibly quick the first heat which featured timothy chariot ended up not even being the fastest heat the fastest heat was heat two where kipsang of kenya ran 331 um chariot was not the first across the line so i don't know if that foreshadows anything for the final cole hawker got through for the u.s matt sensuitz did not advance uh, Stuart mcswain pushed the pace in that second heat, all three Brits are through. Jakob Ingebrigtsen looked comfortable. Um, what were your main takeaways? I mean, we're just – Cole Hawker, dude, could he be the next one in line to, like, start going on a run for doing well at these international 1500s? I know it's a prelim and top five auto qualify, but he's just got to win over Timothy Cherryu. Like, that doesn't happen that often. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The nineteen-year-old coming off of college, who was debating whether or not he would do cross country, was running indoor in March, <laughs> is now back in August, like just finishing ahead in a fifteen hundred against Timothy Chariot. Again, I know Chariot doesn't matter. He's like first, second, third doesn't matter. But it's kind of interesting as an American to see such a young kid do so well through the first two rounds, and when he juxtaposes it with Centrowitz, who we kind of thought like he's the one that's going to be able to have that experience. We know he's going to, he said, he said he's one of the fittest shapes he's ever been in his life. He tried to break an mm-hmm. American record a few weeks ago and now he's not even in the final. It shows that making a 1500 meter final is not easy because when central can't do it, it shows that like, Hey, anything can happen. And the fact that now Cole Hawker is in there, it's kind of wild. It's this could be, the changing of the guard right here, right? If set, if mm-hmm. Cole Hawker goes out there and, and gets a medal or fourth, he ha- yeah, he he. It's kind of what like Sencho was doing during his Oregon days, right? Mm-hmm. When he was coming on strong, winning NCAA's, going over to USA's, he was going up against a Bernard Lagat, who was like the seasoned vet in the fifteen hundred, and then eventually got his own and started going on a run of getting multiple medals. 
maybe this is Cole Hawker's start of the the Centro journey where he he beats the season vet in Centro at USA's and now he's making his first final. Maybe he gets his feet wet, gets a fourth or fifth, and then on his home tr- college track he can maybe win a global medal. It'll be it'll be wild, but I'm excited to see how Hawker does. He hasn't shown any signs of he can't handle this this level the, the big leagues mm-hmm. you could say um so i'm excited to see him see how he puts himself in it when it comes down to the the final two three hundred but all the other main people got through right kerr got through obviously inga britson and cherry um mm-hmm. lewandowski didn't make it oliver Hort got through uh hey great britain they got yeah. How many people did they get? Three. They get all three of their countrymen all, in. We talk about uh, who has scoring uh fifteen hundred. We're gonna have what? We'll have two Kenyans, three Great Britain, and then two Aussies, two and two Aussies, and one American, and mm-hmm. one of everything else. Two Spaniards, two Spaniards. This is wide wow. open. Three Great Britains is... to, to two Kenyans. That's like, dude, Great Britain, they're, they're doing something right. Second championship in a row. That's what happened in 2019 as well, too. Yeah. This is wide open. I think I think Cherry's still the favorite. I know he got beat, but I'm going to lean on all the other performances and say he's still still the favorite. Yeah. I, it's hard to tell because he got passed, and you're like, oh, my gosh, he's going backwards. He may not qualify. Then he righted the ship immediately, which makes me think, okay, he'll be, he'll be okay for the final. But I think any of these 12 – like. We're so used to seeing ridiculously slow tactical 1500 meter heats until very recently that it was hard to take anything away from the heats. And now we have people running 331 in heats and you think you're, okay, it's going to be just as fast, if not faster in the final. But I, I mean, who are you counting out at this point of this, of this field? I guess there's some names you don't know and not, you know, aren't as familiar with, but everybody had to run so fast just to get here. And then you add in the fact that it's a 1500 and wild stuff does happen. I think Hawker can obviously medal. I don't think that's crazy to say at all. I think the gold medal is a lot more in doubt than I thought going into this, this meet. It's just going to be a wild, a wild race. Yeah. And Jacob Ingebrigtsen, everyone's just sleeping on him. We forget about him. Are we forgetting? Has he's, anybody ever slept on Jacob Ingebrigtsen? I feel like he's been getting attention since he's like 14 years old. I well, think we haven't even really talked about it. We're talking about the – yeah, I think uh, – Well, he's, he's going to be fine. To win, so hopefully it works. He, he's fine, and I, I think you can pencil in it's going to be a sub-330 race. I think McSwain – if not Chariot, then McSwain is going to make it honest because that guy just bursts out of the pack. I wanted to talk – a little bit to about about Centro. So he had this real impressive stat, which was his record making it to finals in global championships. Obviously, his medals are impressive too. But this is only the second time in eight global outdoor championships that he's missed a final. He's always been in it. He's always been there. This one, he was a bit, a bit farther back. Looked like he was going to be able to make a move, but then last hundred just wasn't able to close close that space. He could have gotten, he missed it by two places here. So, cause both of the small cues came from his, his heat. I mean, the time was, the time was quick and he just wasn't able to, to bring it in. But this is, like I said, eight global championships that he's participated in and 
he's gotten in the final into into six of them. The longevity with him is just staggering. Won't be in the final. I, it would have been really interesting to have him in the final because, again, you would have you'd have liked his chances in a wide open final. Which like the medals, I think, are more open than they were in 2019 when Chariot just blew that race open and then everybody was scrambling. I think he'd have had a better shot than he would in 2019, but not able to advance. Here's a question for you. If Hawker was in Centro's heat and Centro was in Hawker's heat, do you think the same result happens where Hawker qualifies and Centro doesn't? Because talking about Centro really good at navigating um, rounds, typically rounds are slow and Centro is notorious for just being able to be a great tactician and be yeah. in a good position, but he's not known for being able to be a consistent 330, 330, 29, 331 type runner. Yeah. Put him in the other heat where it was slower. Does he able to finish top five, beat out the Spanish athlete, Fontes, or someone else? And does does Hawker struggle with the hot pace that the first that the other he had? And does he struggle to be top seven by not being able to run a three thirty two? So that I, I mean that could have been a different result. No, I, I thought the same thing. And it was funny because the chariot heat was a slower heat, as I mentioned at the top. So I thought, yeah. okay, it's going to be the reverse. I think Hawker was going to make it regardless. He just has the ability to qualify and put himself in position to finish high. Like that's been the case in CAAs when he's winning and Olympic trials when he's qualifying for the rounds and then winning. So I think he would have been fine regardless. But yes, I think Centro would have had a much better chance. Now, the, the race wasn't that. Like it wasn't night and day slower. It wasn't as if it was a 345 race and a and a 331 race, but just a couple seconds there, a little bit easier pace, and and I think that would have played a, a bit more into his hands. Um, you know, it's tough. It's tough to figure out like um, with the way the heats are drawn. You just you got to be prepared for anything, and I, he was prepared for this because. He ran that mile. He ran the central mile to get tuned up. He ran 349, which equates to pretty close to what he ran here today. He ran 333, which I guess you'd, you'd put it about a 350. So he was right around that same that same spot. So I think he was prepared to run fast, but I think he's always going to fare a bit better in, in those kicker races. So I, I think you're right. I think he would have had a better shot in that other heat. Yeah. It's not the end of Central, obviously. I mean, he's definitely going to go another year. 2022 is at home. Maybe he yeah. does well there. Then he extends it all the way to 2024 for another Olympic shot. Um, but like I said earlier in the segment, I, this could be the the first act, or it turns out maybe the first act of the change in the guard was all the way back in December at the end of the pandemic where there was this random speed heat 5K and Cole Hawker and Matt Centrowitz were running to the line where Centro got the best of Hawker in that race. And Hawker was wearing a high school elite kit. Like, wasn't wearing his or Like, just like, who's this high school? Yeah. Like, college freshman, sophomore type kid going up against uh, Centro in a B heat of a 5K. And now multiple iterations later, Hawker dominate the NCAA scene. Hawker going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Centro at the Olympic trials twice, right, in the prelims and then in the final and now Hawker is America's great hope to win a medal in the 1500, and it's not Centro. Like, 
it's just wild. Like mm-hmm. when we think of like USA in the 1500, like who has the best chance to win a medal for USA? It all falls on the shoulders of Centro, right? Mm-hmm. And now, like now that this has been almost now it's on Hawker, and Hawker's been looking good. And it's just wild. Hawker's still a college kid too. He's not even pro, right? Is, mm-hmm. is Hawker gonna go out there, win an Olympic medal, and then lace up for the Roy Griak cross country invitational? <laughs> like, is that about what's about to happen? Go to Nuttycomb. Hey, Olympic medalist here in tenth place at the Nuttycomb invite through four K. Yeah, you have Do to I. like just his ability to be in the right spot at the right time. His his kick has not failed him yet. I think you have to like his his just and all the confidence in the world, right? Like he's not second guessing himself at all with any of these moves, and he's so far exceeded everything that uh, has been expected of him. Before we go, I wanted to. I know we have some American fans that that listen. I wanted to provide some context here uh, about hey, could it get worse? Let's just go back to 2015 World Championships. I know it's not Olympics. I know it's not Olympics. It's a World Championships, though. But at those championships, the U.S. men also, they only medaled in the 4x4 on the track. They got a triple jump gold and a, and a shot put gold, and Eaton won the gold, obviously, and set the world record. But total, total medals, 18. 18 total medals in 2015. They're already at 20. And they had six golds, six silvers, six bronzes. They're at five golds right now. If you get both the four by fours, boom, right there, you're already up to seven. Kenya and Jamaica both had seven golds there. So if you sorted the medal table by gold, you would have had Kenya number one, Jamaica two, and then U.S. three. And even if you look at overall medals, Kenya was just two behind the U.S., 18 to 16. So there is precedent for this. Is what I'm saying. Um, also, what's fun, and we can dig into this more next week, but have you ever looked at the tables that go eight deep and give it a score? Uh, I have, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's interesting too, and I know they keep those for all the Olympics, so those are easy to find because that gives a different perspective because then you just see how many fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth place finishes there are. Just give like a rounder view of, of the competition because I think most American fans would assume – that they win more Olympic gold medals than they do. But then if you look in recent history, okay, Bolt had the one and the two locked up. Farah had the five and the 10 locked up. Okay, there's four already t- it's spoken for. And then you go from there. It's like, all right, Rhodesia was in the 800. Okay, that one's, that one's gone. 1500, yeah, you know, Centro was there, but it's been, it's, it's been dominated by other countries. So steeplechase, Kenya, we know how good they've been. Like you, you start, you start a li- like crossing out events, and it's like, oh man, if the U.S. doesn't win in the hurdles of the four hundred. Their chances of getting getting a lot of gold drop pretty quickly. So, I'm doing a quick math. There are there are uh, forty eight events in track, including race walk. Right? How many of them are relays? One, two, three, four, five of them five. are relays. Mm-hmm. So minus five. So there's a chance for um, any country, if they had a perfect year, if they won every medal, because you only can win one medal in relays, right? Mm-hmm. They would 
the number of medals available to be earned by any single country is 134, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Quick math, 134. So the population of US is 4.2% of the world. So our goal should be to get 4.2% of 134, which is uh, five medals. There you go. So we're there already achieving. Like this whole, when people do the per capita thing, like we're only 4% of the world, 4% of the medals you can get at in Tokyo for this, uh, for athletics is only 5.6. So we're killing it. Wait, we're at 20? So right now we're at, uh, if, if we weren't get any more medals for the rest of the- What, what the percent of the of, entrance uh, of the United States though? What percent of the entrance? That doesn't matter because your, your entrance <laughs> is limited, right? You only get three. Sure, like, sure. And everyone has the opportunity to have three entrants. So on time. So if we, uh, right now we're at, um, six, per, like we're 4% of the population, but we've already gotten 6.7% of the medals. Well, what you're seeing, if we could put that medal table back up again, is incredible parity in track and field this year. Look at how many nations have won a gold medal. I saw this stat through the first 15 yeah. finals. I believe there were 15 different nations who had won gold medals. There was not a repeat nation winning a gold for a while. So, you know, Jamaica has the second most total medals with seven, then six. Um, Kenya obviously is going to come on strong with the marathons at the end, and there's still distance races to be decided. But like, scroll down, look at how many countries um, have gotten at least a medal or a gold. I mean, what do we add on gold there? That's 21 countries have gotten one gold medal at these championships. So again, it's just something to consider. The rest of the world is very good. And it's not as if one nation is going there and taking taking all the gold medals or, or making up for where US comes up short. It's, it's like a group effort. And what's interesting, look at the countries who got medals, but who aren't, um, don't have gold. Like Great Britain is not even on that list. So there's other countries yeah. that uh, like could even, add, like, th like theoretically could have also been on that list, right? You you'd expect Great Britain to, I guess. I mean, they would have had a tough tough shot, and maybe they maybe maybe fifteen hundred, right? Maybe that's where it comes in the fifteen hundred. But there's been just a huge um, explosion in representation across the whole world in terms of gold medals at these at these championships. So it's been interesting to watch. Uh, let me just give you the remaining uh, events. You tell me if the US is gonna meddle in them or not. Let's just rehash this. Let's just really lean into this. Let's lean into the table. Yeah. So we're at uh, the walks the walks you don't think. Uh women's no. jav. Women's jav. Yes. Yes. Maggie Malone. She's gonna win it. She's win gold, baby. No. Are you giving an actual response here or are you just being silly? Yes, I am I'm putting a hundred dollars on that she's gonna win. She was the okay. second best throw. Well that's never gone wrong for you. And she's I know it's been going wrong. She's had second best throw in the prelims, and she's a top. She was always a medal contender to begin with. She's been consistently throwing sixty-six meters, and you know some of the other people they had their best throws like four months ago. So, mm -hmm. okay, she's gonna be in medal contention. That's a legitimate okay. yes. So we'll go there. So javelin, you say yes. Men's five. I think so. 
three guys in it get a medal no jacob ingebrigtsen no mo farah like this is an opportunity women's 400 400 yeah i think so probably not but maybe yeah i mean felix or conair harris i think that's a chance but they could have the same finish the way the men's 400 just went but i'll say yes women's 1500 no men's four by one no you know what's crazy about that you know what's crazy is just how if big of a not a favorite they would have been but just like someone has to win that race now and you mentioned south africa not not being in it but it's like canada might might win that italy might win that china might win that it's just it's crazy it was right there for the take uh women's four by one women's four by one did they get we should medal that's we're at four now Okay, so you're, you're talking about four additional medals. So that's day eight. Day nine, women's marathon? No. Women's high jump? Yeah, I think so. I think Cunningham could do it. Five. Women's 10,000. Women's 10,000. No. No. Men's javelin? No. Men's 1500? Maybe, but I'll say no to be conservative. And then the four by fours? Yeah, that's seven. And then the men's marathon. Rup. It could all end on Rup. That gets us to eight. So it would be 28. That would be a hard, that'd be a hard maybe on that one too. So best case scenario, you're looking at, at 28, which would be – I mean, it's not disastrous. Like if you just – like they were – in 05, they got 25 medals. In 2012 – the U.S. got 28, the same amount of medals. 16, they got 32. 16 was really good. 19 was really good, which is why people had had their hopes up. But yeah, that's a see. But things have not been going to plan, and things have not been going to projection. So if you get half those wrong, and then we end up with you know it ends up with 24, um, that's going to be on the the way short end of of projections. But like I said, you've been right about pretty much everything else. So. <laughs> My I'm currently now negative three hundred and seventy eight dollars. With one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen bets to go. So I just need, I I figured it out. I just need to hit on five of the thirteen bets, and I'll break even. Take all of your money. I know the U.S. women are going to be minus a million in the four by four, but just borrow if you have to, just to make up. Whatever you lose, just put it all in the U.S. Women's Four by Four. No, I'm going to put it all on Galen Rupp. He's the last event, so that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's what Mike Smith Gordon. told me. He's like, Gordon, here's the thing. He's gonna, you don't, people don't know this, but Galen Rupp's ready. People been. Do you think? Ready. Random question for it. Random question. This is a very Gordon question, but I'm going to ask it to you. Knowing what they know now, do you think U.S. would have run a different team in the mixed gender Four by Four? No, I think they're just stubborn. So <laughs> they would just be like, "No, this is the process. We're gonna do it this way." But yeah, yeah. If if the mixed gender four by four was like going up, coming up next, you would see like Grant Holloway on it. You would see Fred Curley on it. You'd see Ry Benjamin on it. You, I mean, you only get two, but 
You know, if if the mixed gender relay was coming up, it would be like a thing in Sydney with Rye and Grant Holloway or something like that, and be like, "We're just gonna win this. We're not gonna screw this one." Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying because you could have got the gold medal thing. I don't. I have no idea how much the athletes are paying attention to it. It's probably not close to not at all. But that was one of the first events, and then it would have gotten the whole hey, they got no gold medal thing. But then Valerie Alman won a goal, but then it was the, the men haven't won. And I mean, it's mixed gender, so it's not men or women. So I don't know how it would have been quantified, but I don't know. It would have, just, it would have maybe created some more good vibes or something early on as opposed to, to getting the bronze. Just wondering what they would have done in retrospect. But that's the least of the relay worries, I would think. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been another edition of the Flow Track Podcast. Is it a 7 a.m. start again tomorrow, Central Time? Oh, uh, what time we're going live? Yeah. Is it 7 a.m.? I think we go live at 8, 8 Central. 8, I think back. back to 8. Okay, this, this was – okay, yeah. So we got three what? more days, and also we got uh, – wait, is tomorrow Friday? Is it the evening podcast tomorrow with a marathon? Is that what's happening? No. Man, I got to check the schedule. We'll figure it out. Check the schedule check on the website. We'll be back. There's going to be marathon live podcast during the marathon is what I'm saying. So there's still the recaps in the mornings, but there's going to be marathon podcasts as well, too. And they're going to be marathon in length, too. It's going to be me and Lincoln talking yeah. for about two and a half hours. So I got the schedule. Turns out tomorrow, Friday, August 6th, we're going live at 9 a.m. Central. And then again at oh, 5 wow. p.m. during the women's marathon. And then Saturday is an 8 a.m., 5 p.m. double. So four more podcasts. 9 a.m. tomorrow, 5 p.m. tomorrow, and then Saturday, 8 a.m., 5 p.m. Central. It's going to be fun. Lincoln's going to come to the pod. Yes, and he's got, he's got takes. He's got opinions. Uh, oh. I'm glad you checked the schedule. 9 a.m. tomorrow. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to Colt for producing. Thanks to Travis for producing. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.